Well, what is up, podcast universe? This is the Not Allowed Podcast, and I'm your host, Ryan. This is the place where each week we take a deep dive into Jesus' hot take on faith, church, and pop culture. Joining me, as always, is Jared, Heather, and Carissa. There's no such thing as a perfect pastor or church leader. Everyone's probably had or heard about a disturbing experience that involved church leadership. Today, the Not Allowed team is telling all when it comes to the dark side of leaders in the church. All right, well, let's get right into it. I want to start out with some stats from PastoralCareInc.com. 80% of pastors believe pastoral ministry has negatively affected their families. Many pastors' children do not attend church now because of what the church has done to their parents. Mm, Real life. Yeah. Yep. 65% of pastors feel their family lives in a glass house and fear they are not good enough to meet expectations. Wow. Mm. 23% of pastors report being distant to their family. 78% of pastors report having their vacation and personal time interrupted with ministry duties and expectations. All right. 65% of pastors feel they have not taken enough vacation time with their family over the last five years. How, mu- how many was that? That is 65%. Wow. 66% of church members expect a minister and family to live at a higher moral standard mm. than themselves. Feel mm. that. 53% of pastors report that the seminary did not prepare them for ministry. Mm. Wow. 90% of pastors report the ministry was completely different than what they thought it would be oh, before they goodness. entered. Yeah, okay. that sounds right. Yes, I would fit me squarely <laughs> in the 90% there. Mm-hmm. 57% of pastors fear being unable to pay their bills. 53% of pastors are concerned about their f- future family financial security. My goodness. Yeah. But get up on Sunday and be encouraged and mm-hmm. be positive and, mm-hmm. you know, lead the way. 70% of pastors report they have a lower self-image now than when they first started. My goodness. Wow. This is really sad. 70% of pastors do not have someone they consider to be a close friend. My That's goodness. Awful. And then last but not least, this is very sad. One out of every 10 pastors will actually retire as a pastor. Wow. That's insane. Yeah. One out of 10. So was there anything that really jumped out to you, those statistics? I mean, several of those triggered me. What Mm -hmm. resonated with you? The children, the children, you know, not being a part of the church that Mm -hmm. their parents or parent, you know, led in. That's, that's, I've seen that. So that like, you know, that wasn't surprising. No. <clears throat> that was in line with mm-hmm. the experience that I've I feel like I've had. Yeah. Um there were several others. What was the 90%? Yeah, 90% of pastors report that ministry was completely different than what they thought it would be. Yeah. So that one <clears throat> that one too. So, you know, I feel like all of us probably had rose-colored glasses when we felt called to do it. Yeah. Um which is I guess not not abnormal. I mean, we were super, super hopeful, you know, yeah. in the beginning um, and didn't know about all the realities mm-hmm. um, and complexities of leading in a church. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of those triggered me yeah. for sure. I definitely felt the glass house when growing up with my dad being a minister. Yeah, well, like all the other kids are running around in the church, but when Ryan runs around, oh, yes. pastor's kids shouldn't do that. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's yes, like for sure. 
the weight that pastor, you know, church leader, children feel yep. mm-hmm. is just not not fair at the end yeah. of the day. And when they, that's, you know, that's what pushes them away is they, exactly. that and what they see happening, you know, in their own home, you know, with the mm-hmm. dynamics of, you know, their, their mom and dad, all yeah. that just tells them this is not a place I need to be. Yeah. So I could totally understand why they grow up that way. All right. Well then let's get into something that might dredge up some pain from the past. Um, Jared, what, was your worst experience with a church leader? Oh, not goodness. you as maybe not you as a church leader, but right. a church leader did something, said something. The worst experience. I, I feel like I, there's a list of moments that I could talk about, but if I feel if I was trying to create like a category of what I was experiencing, it's probably the backdoor politics and some of the campaigning that I saw behind the scenes that was kind of troubling when it comes to, to church leadership. I was, I actually like remember when I felt called to be in ministry, um, I had people warn me, you know, and kind of express that I maybe should rethink it. Maybe you need to not do this because I don't think you're ready for the politics that are in the church. Like Mm. they didn't think I was going to be ready to To know that. Yeah. To know. Yeah. Because Mm. there's, Quite a bit of that. And yeah. from the moment that I was able to see behind the scenes, there was there's quite a bit of that yeah. political campaigning. Um, and it's, it's so, it's not good. It was yeah. not easy to watch. Uh, and it's in, in some moments, it was not easy to be a part of, like mm. to be in the midst of it. Right. Um, it was kind of unsettling. So again, multiple experiences I've had, but it all kind of fits into that category mm-hmm. of the politics, the backdoor nature of it all. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I like it when uh, the pastor will try to frame it spiritually. Like maybe if he couldn't get the politics to, to go through, like, yeah. oh, well, God didn't want us to do that yet. Well, see, or, uh, that's the part that was unsettling was the fact that a lot of times I, I didn't see the spiritual lead out with the decision-making. Right. It was more, what do we want to see happen? Mm-hmm. And then after we figure that out, then let's figure out a way to spiritually spiritual frame it yeah. so it'll be more uh, palatable mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. the people we have to talk to. Wow. And... Mm. That's politics. That's, yeah, that's straight politics. That is, that's what it. That's the name of the game. Yeah, manipulation. Yes. Uh, so that was not easy to wow. see. Yeah. Um, when from the outside looking in, th- you you felt like it was a spiritual thing. Hmm. Growing up, you know, hearing pastors, hearing them talk about things, you felt like it was spiritual. Yeah. You know, most of the time. Wow. So to get behind the, you know, behind closed doors and find out there was, you know, some shady right. practices was yeah. not cool. So that's what I hate the most about mm-hmm. okay. what I've experienced, the worst part of um, some of my church leader experiences. Yeah. All right, Chris, so you want to share your experience? Oh, yeah. Do you want, <laughs> will you share your experience? Yeah, that's Not do you want to. Oh, First of all, I want to say that growing up in the ministry, 
you have lots of bad experiences with church oh, leaders. Yeah, for sure. Um so I had I had a great amount of bad experiences to pull from. Um and literally me just talking about it and thinking about it brings up lots of horrible horrible feelings. Um but the phrase make no mistake <laughs> was a phrase that I heard often from this leader and it still triggers me. Mm. <laughs> He was, this particular leader was an aggressive leader, very passionate. Mm -hmm. And I had loved being under um, his leadership just as a congregation member and as as a volunteer as well. But um, we started working under him as the creative arts pastors. And very quickly I saw a different side Mm -hmm. of this pastor. I was disillusioned. You know, when you think about working for the church, I I had always, I I knew I was called to ministry from a very, very young age. I didn't know exactly what field of ministry because I had passions um, and interests in, in different areas, but I knew that I was called to ministry. I didn't know if I was going to be doing it as my job, like where I got my paycheck from. So this was the first time that I had ever been paid to work in the church under a pastor. And I really thought it was going to be great. (laughs) I really thought, especially the term creative arts pastor, that was really exciting. Um, And we had a really good relationship with this pastor, with this leader leading up to us actually working for him. Mm. And very quickly, um, I don't know, we had probably just been working under them for maybe a month, if that. If, If a month, yeah. If a month. And... As far as we knew, we were doing pretty good. We yeah. hadn't heard any negative feedback or criticism or even really like, hey, you need to work on this or give us more of this or that. Yeah. And um, we get a text Mm-mm. one day, a very long text, lots of all caps, um, and basically telling us that we weren't doing anything that they wanted wanted. after four Sundays of you said a month. I don't know exactly how long we'd actually been working under them as that title, but yeah, yeah, it wasn't very long. And so, right. So we, we get this really loud text (laughs) is the only way I can describe it. And it just broke my heart. Yeah. What made it worse for me is he didn't just send it to us too. He (gasps) sent it to, the other two people yeah. on the oh no um the sound guy and the light guy oh no 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 so, so we were they all we had saw an audience for us our, get our butt chewed we had oh, an audience for our yeah. humiliation and um especially someone like me who i can be a perfectionist and mm. i i thought we were doing a good job and um instead of pulling us to his side and and treating us like he was our pastor. He treated yeah. us like we were his employees. And it hurt really bad because mm-hmm. I definitely saw this guy as a father figure and um, thought we had a, a, a good relationship up to this point. Um, so from then on, because we stayed, even though, I mean, I had lots of tears <laughs> from mm. that. I didn't know what else to do. I, I was still struggling with a lot of shame in my relationship with God so I definitely was just like, okay, so this is just how it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, we, we, stayed, we stayed on for another year. 
And pretty much the entire time, I never felt like I was good enough. Yeah. I never felt like anything I did was good. But let me tell y'all, we worked our butts off. Okay. This is, I want to make, I want to make that clear. Mm. We may not have been up to their standards, but we worked our butts off. We both had jobs. Uh, Ryan was manual labor at the time. I was working at a law firm in an office. Um, and full-time jobs. Mm -mm. And, um, we dedicated every other minute that we weren't at our other jobs yeah. to this job. Um, weekends, I never knew what my evening, my my weekend evenings we were going to yeah. look like, mm-hmm. especially Saturday night. Mm-hmm. I could get a text at eight o'clock at mm-hmm. night mm-hmm. saying, "We're going to redo everything. I need you to mm-hmm. to to make some new stuff for me." Mm-hmm. And that was I was supposed to be okay with that, and I pretended to be okay with that yeah. <laughs> for a whole year. But it was really, really hard because there were so many unrealistic expectations for us. And there were unrealistic expectations also for the volunteers. Uh, yeah, for sure. But then you add the paycheck to it and the title yeah, to it, it and it, it becomes a whole another thing. We actually, our like first big um, vacation that we took uh, as a married couple, uh, like where we actually spent, like this is some money that we're spending, mm-hmm. Um we took work with us and I worked the like, whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. every night just did work. Well, and it's then, like on top of the, I just want to say, cause yeah. you on top of the difficulty of the unrealistic expectations, you had unexpressed expectations. Yes. Exactly. That was, yeah. That's very, so that's when, very, when you like find out expressed. it's already, you know, we're, we it's never, too we, far gone. We couldn't, you know? yeah, we could never reach the expectations because we didn't know what they were. Right, yes. They were, they were I really buried. do think they were ever changing as They well. absolutely were, 100%. They didn't know yeah. what they wanted. Yeah. And so how could they express what they wanted to us? All they knew right. was that we weren't giving them what they wanted. Yeah, they right. just found out on the back end, well, mm-hmm. that's not this what we... This is not what we want. Yeah, they didn't mm-hmm. know, they weren't clear on what they wanted, mm-hmm. but they knew what they didn't like. Exactly. And that just piled up over time until mm-hmm. there's like a right. explosion. Right. And there mm-hmm. was, there was that one vacation that we took. I worked the whole time. We get back and we didn't use any of it because mm-hmm. he had changed his mind. Yeah. So I wasted all of those time, all of that, yeah. those, those moments and hours that I should have been focusing on my new husband. We had just got married. So mm-hmm. going through all of that, mm-hmm. um, I was focusing on church work and then it wasn't even definitely wasn't appreciated and it, and it, most definitely yeah. wasn't even used. Yeah. Um, Which so, you probably would have been okay with it being unused if you probably would have if, felt like you were appreciated. Exactly. Yeah. Right. That was a whole nother thing. And and there was never any, mm-hmm. it was almost, we, we were made to feel guilty if we wanted to be appreciated because instead of, they would spin it, instead of mm-hmm. you just want to be appreciated, it was you want credit. And so you need to be humble and not care about the credit. When it wasn't credit that we wanted, we just wanted appreciation. Um, mm-hmm. I could go on for a lot longer, no. but I yeah, think we that, do I think uh, that yeah. does it. I think uh, yeah. that that's that's about the gist that's of good. my worst experience with a church leader. Yeah. All right, Heather. Yay, it's my turn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so my worst experience with a church leader, and it was like lots of instances, but I'll just wrap it all up by saying just being disregarded uh, based on my gender. I was left out of meetings. I was relegated to administrative as Mm -hmm. opposed to ministry. Um, Mm -hmm. 
I would be complimented, but they would compliment my husband, who, FYI, mm. is not in ministry, doesn't work, <laughs> did not work, uh, did not work there, had nothing to do with um, anything. So it was that like, was, I'm so proud of Mike and Heather's yes. job. Mike and Heather are doing such a great job. He, he even came first in the... Yes. Right. In the, yes. Right. Yes. So just mm. being disregarded <laughs> and really, truly just based on the fact that I am a woman in ministry, which is a tough place to be um, Preach that. in the in the church. And we're going to talk more about that in a second, but yeah. it's just, just, it's a tough place to be a woman in ministry. And it's a really tough place to be a woman in ministry when um, your church leaders don't really respect women in ministry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. That is tough. Mm-hmm. Well, let's ask one more question and then we're going to get to that. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> what, what, so we talked about our experiences with a leader um, that we hated or didn't like. It hurt us. Um, what you're in ministry, we're all in ministry now. What do you hate about being in ministry? I'll start with Carissa. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, so I am a worship leader. So thinking about specifically, cause there's lots of things that we all can relate to and right. things that are difficult <laughs> in being a church leader, mm-hmm. but specifically as a worship leader, the performance culture and expectations, so in modern churches, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's this expectation and this culture in a lot of churches that it is a performance. When you go on stage, you are performing for an audience. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely hate that. And I hate, I, I, I feel like I fight against that constantly. Yeah. Do you think you put some of that on yourself? Yeah, for sure. Because <laughs> I don't think your leader, your worship no. pastor, is probably not putting that on you. <laughs> okay, good. okay, okay, touche. But I, I, and it is, of course, there is some of that in in me. Yeah. Um, but it's certainly, no, yeah. I've heard too many things from too many people saying things to my face about worship needing to be, and them thinking that it is a performance and not a time where we should be turning our, our thoughts to God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, um, it's something that I watch. It's not something I partake in is mm-hmm. a, an attitude and it definitely feels like a performance. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I think though, because it's also, there's that performer in me. I'm, I think that's why I fight it more mm-hmm. because it's easy for me to give in yeah. to that, to mm-hmm. those expectations instead of fighting the culture. Right. Um, but I know for a fact that that's not who I am and that's not my heart mm-hmm. because there have been churches that we thought we might be working at a long time ago and they wanted that for me. They would, they critiqued me and they were like, well, you didn't jump enough. You weren't, oh, you yeah. didn't smile that's enough. Um, so I was what like, none of that. Don't oh, want any of that. Um, so yeah. You jumped weird. Can you jump more, bend the knees more? Jump, can you you jump more Hillsong (laughs) United and less young and free? More spiritual when you. uh, God help me. All right. Heather. Okay. 
So the thing I hate about being a church leader, that sounds so rough. I don't like We do love our, we do love what we do. Yes, yes. This is, but hey, this is the not allowed podcast. That's right. We talk about stuff. Yeah. What a, yeah. You're not allowed to talk about. What did you expect? True talk. True so talk. here we go. So, um, and I, for, uh, as a family pastor, so I definitely leaned into just what I hate about um, being a church leader, specifically um, in family ministry is just the perception that family ministry is babysitting mm-hmm. because it really um, just, I mean, it just is so much more than that. And it really is actually, it's hurtful sure. um, to have that put on you that it's just babysitting because then it really feels like most people don't value it and they don't really understand what's you know, really what you're really doing. If it was just babysitting, anyone could do it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's, that's the that's thing good. that I hate most. Yeah, pay somebody and let them stay at your right. house. Honestly. But this is coming from like real life experiences. Cause what was the time that you came out that a child was, you know, I don't know if they were acting up or just losing it, but you had to come get the parent and the parent told you something about, um, they were don't bother me. I'm I'm worshiping the Lord or something, <laughs> like uh, y'all. I can't. Oh, no. um, I mean, it's 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 a true perception, and I think it's like yeah, it's it's not because you assume it. No. It's because you. That's it, what and and honestly, that's what all that some parents want. They don't mm-hmm. really care about what they don't care what you're doing back there as long as. Um, you're keeping their kid (laughs) and they can do what they want to do. So, I mean, I've had parents drop their children off and leave. Like leave the building? Like leave the building and then come back and pick them up when church was over. Mm -mm. Wow. So, yeah. So that's that's my least favorite thing for sure. Uh, Yeah, that would be my least favorite thing. Jared, what is what is your what is the thing that you hate the most about being in church leadership? I mean, we're we're, we're touching on this left and right, but it's just the overall unreasonable expectations for pastors. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just there's a lot of rules that God didn't put on us, Jesus didn't put on us, you know, the Bible as a whole doesn't put on us, but church culture you know, impose that. Um, mm-hmm. So I, 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 that's, I, that's my first thought is just the unreasonable expectations, all the internal rules. Y'all have felt this in the past mm-hmm. that um, you can go on a trip. You just can't be on a Sunday, just be back yeah. for Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, the fact that we have to do weddings and funerals, but you never see Jesus doing that. Yeah. It's just, a there's just, there's things that's a part of the, the ministry that don't, they don't have a, a basis in or a foundation in scripture, but it's just, here we are. Um, I feel like another one and I've dealt with, you know, this was, has always been a thing was bringing the voting into the church. Oh, gosh. Um, mm-hmm. Because I was voted on a couple of times. Every time I had a different title or a position change, I had to be voted on Of course, um, and knew the numbers of those votes. Of course. Um, but the red tape that we've experienced in the church to do ministry, the red, the red mm-hmm. tape to be able to do something that God actually says to do, mm-hmm. um, has been insane. 
Um, and I always used to say it like, show me a t- where do, where is that in scripture that we need to vote? You know, yeah. because the last the, the only time I see it being done was in the Old Testament. God wanted them to go in the Promised Land, but they decided to vote instead, mm-hmm. and then they ended up another forty years in the wilderness. Ooh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. people don't always know collectively what where God wants to go, right? Um, and that's why we we kind of put this trust in the fact that God is speaking to leaders, to yeah. church leaders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, has that been abused? Absolutely. Um, I'm sure voting started because it was abused. Yeah, I'm sure. You know, as a protective measure, right. but then voting became. abused, which led to your statistic at the beginning of all these pastors who were getting voted out because they didn't wear the right color suit on Sunday. Mm. Um, So it's just, it's unreasonable expectations across the board Mm -hmm. for ministers, pastors, church leaders that are not, not God. It's not, it's not Bible. It's not God. Absolutely. There's so many, and there's so many expectations. Um, like, you can't make too much money. Yes, there's a, a yeah, there's a cap. There's a cap. You have to log a certain amount of office hours. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because you don't work at home. You can't. Obviously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's just it's tons of stuff, and I don't I don't think God's in it. But it's been my experience that you know. You, you have to keep up with all these rules. Mm-hmm. You have to keep up with it, which, let me say, leads to the, the, double, uh, the double lifestyle that we see in the mm-hmm. pastors mm-hmm. is because they, ha- they keep up with those rules, you know, in front of the people. Right. But th- they are, they're unreasonable, so mm-hmm. they can't do it all the time. Mm-hmm. So then you get to this point where a pastor's one-way in front of you as a volunteer and a church mm-hmm. member, mm-hmm. but when you get on staff with them, you see a totally different person. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that is caused by them having to keep up with a lifestyle, right, and expectations mm-hmm. that are not—they're not reasonable. Exactly, and there's a lot of mistreatment that goes on with pastors mm-hmm. coming from. Other pastors and congregation. Mm-hmm. I know Carissa, you have a story about your dad. Yeah, I have a few stories about my dad. Well, let me hear. <laughs> let me hear, let me hear some. Okay, so just I'll, I'll you know I won't go into great detail, but um, my dad um, went to seminary and went right into ministry um, right when he married my mother. So he was very young, um, and right early on in his ministry, he was. My mother was told. Uh, about the pastor he was leading under, he, I think he started as a youth pastor, that he was not tough enough for ministry. He would not make it mm. in ministry because he put his family mm. before his ministry. Mm, of course. Um, he had two girls at the time and my mom, um, and he was told he wasn't cut out for ministry mm. um, because he put his family first. Um, and another story, uh, so uh, we left the the church he went to after that church, um, was why we moved to Mississippi. So we uprooted our whole life. Uh, I was nine when we moved. Um, and we had, he had four kids. My mom didn't work, uprooted his whole life to come to this church, small church in uh, Mississippi. And we were there for, I think, three years. And in that time, he was told that he did not preach the way they wanted him to preach. My dad was more of a teacher. 
Um, and with them. I get that. Right. And, and because he didn't preach fire and brimstone the way mm-hmm. they, I guess, thought he would, mm-hmm. um, they did not like that. And another thing they didn't like was that he was bringing in some um, youth members from uh, the streets. They, they were... Riff raff. Yeah. They were rough <laughs> kids. Um, rough around the edges. You know, they, they were not uh, dealt the best hand in life. And he they was, church, they weren't church, they kids. weren't church kids yeah. and he wanted to love them. He wanted to share the gospel with them. If you can imagine that, yeah, okay. well, that's um, <laughs> and he did, um, he still keeps in contact with Way some of those guys. That. Um, and so after three years, um, they stopped paying him. So there was never a conversation of a, Hey, we're going to go another direction. They just stopped paying him. Um, we lived at the Parsons at the time, which is mm. a fancy word for a church owned trailer. Um, and so very just out of nowhere, without any warning, we, my dad was out of a job. My mother didn't work and we were out of, we didn't have a house. And so if that's not some mistreatment of a church leader in a church who should be full of love and grace, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know what is. So, um, he had to get a carpet cleaning job, which Mm -hmm. put him terrible hours. He would get home at two o'clock in the morning um, found a, a little rundown house in a real bad spot of town that we we made look mm. nice. We made it our mm-hmm. little home, but it was rough. Um, after that, uh, the last story I'll say was um, the last church that he was paid to work at. He's still in ministry now. He's kids ministry, but which is a miracle. Exactly. I will say. <laughs> the last church that he um, was on staff at. Um, was a church similar to the one that we moved here in Mississippi for. And they told him they wanted a young guy so that they could bring in young people. And they quickly realized that they didn't really want that, Mm -hmm. um, but Mm -hmm. it was a little too late. Mm -hmm. And so instead of talking to him again, Mm -hmm. instead of communicating with him about what their expectations were, I'm realizing (laughs) there's a cycle here, um, (laughs) they... Um, brought in somebody else, told him that uh, this person was just going to help him. But oh. this person literally took his job from um, from under him. Um, hmm. And hmm. he didn't even know it. Well, you know who knew it? Somebody. Yeah, the the pastor. Somebody the, knew the, it. He, he was assistant pastor at this church yes. and the youth pastor. Yeah, yeah, so the pastor knew it. Yeah. Uh, knew what he was doing. So, yeah. Of course. Wow. So I don't I, even... Please, somebody, let me go. I don't know. Do you have something? <laughs> go ahead. Let me, please let me go. Because the first thing is the, your dad's a teacher, preacher, because that's mm-hmm. a thing in the yeah. church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, some people like a preacher, which right. they want you to yell and yell and talk about other people's sin. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then there's the teachers, which just means you don't yell. Oh, that's what the difference is. That is. Is. Let me just tell you, it's not a biblical thing. Oh, okay. That's not it. It's just a tone thing. Right. You've just got a different tone to you. But I feel that because y'all, I don't don't know if I've told y'all this, but there was a guy who in my early days of preaching, Mm -hmm. every time I would get up to preach, he would read a book. Not not down Mm -mm. where I couldn't see it. I like hold the book up above the the chairs uh-uh. and read it. So you yes. to to be like, hey, to, look, I'm reading a yeah. book. Yeah, oh yeah, because you know this is not like a stadium. You know, it's not like I couldn't see that happening. <laughs> right. Um, this was so I get that the teacher thing. Yeah. Now let's go to the the because you said the ministry over family thing. Yes. Which not y'all felt and you know with your marriage, 
but your dad felt mm-hmm. early on in ministry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, that is my first run in with that was when my grandmother died, who was just precious to me. Like, it yeah. was, you know, I don't have favorites, but she was super close. Um, I remember her passing away. And the next day I was supposed to be just one of the worship leaders on the, you know, the stage. And I remember, you know, the worship pastor just trying to say that I needed to do it because I didn't want to. I was too upset to do it. I, you know, I, this never happened before. Like every time I was scheduled, I'm up there. But this one day, I was like, I can't do it today. Gosh. And there was, a, there was some shaming mm-hmm. and guilting in the phone call to say, no, you need to do this. Mm-hmm. this. This is the right thing to do. How dare you? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so that was my first, like, what? What, what? what do you mean kind of thing? But then getting in, I was just a volunteer then. Getting into ministry, mm-hmm. y'all know it turns into a whole nother game. Yeah. Being married to Lindsay early on, we didn't get to celebrate our first maybe five or six Valentine's days. You know why? I know why. Because uh, we had to be at the the Valentine's Day of banquet. Of course. Which was really the a, for senior seniors. Senior it was, that's right. Oh, we had yeah. to be at mm. the Valentine's d- banquet on Valentine's Day. Of course. Um, and not just be there. But we had to run sound and right. we had to, mm-hmm. you know, lead the games right. that we were playing and stuff like that. So we didn't get that. You know, I, rem- I remember not being able to go to family members' birthday parties mm-hmm. because there was a church event that I had to be at right. that was, a, you know, women's ministry event. I had to be at men's ministry. I had to be at senior saints ministry events, church on Sunday, Wednesday night. But and if any family thing fell on those days, it was not good. Right. I knew there was going to be a conversation, yeah. and I would have to stand by my guns if I wanted to be it with my family. Mm. So that's why that led to what we have today, which is we don't have tr- if Christmas falls on a Sunday, we're not having church. Right. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, that that would be unheard of. Oh yeah. Um, we're not doing that. You know and. To be honest, we've seriously thought about some other holidays, you know, to do that with as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just decided after experiencing that that my I'm not going to do that. Yeah, uh, well, my family's going to come first. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Just, we definitely appreciate it. I think <laughs> we all love that fact because yeah, you know, I'm not going to have my kids are not going to turn into the ones that I've seen mm-hmm. who can't get to Jesus yeah, because they can't get past yes. the church. I don't know what it was, but like, I don't know, Carissa, what you felt, but um, the peak, the pastor's kids mm-hmm. were always the worst mm-hmm. kids. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I was <clears throat> waiting for a moment to talk about this, but yeah. very quickly, I did go to PK camp, pastor's yeah. kid camp, y'all. That sounds like loads of fun. The girls at that camp were crazy. <laughs> Y'all, like, they were mean. Oh, they yes. and, and, you know, I, I was, I think Ryan and I both, being a PKs, we were very blessed that our, our fathers and our, our, our families did oh, put us about, it's before. The, the minister, I'm a minister's kid. 
But you have the like the lead pastor's kid. Oh, different. Like, yeah. That's different. Oh, yeah. well, I was a lead like pastor's kid. Like in my kid. denomination, that's, <laughs> right. that was a thing. Like right. A yeah. Baptist PK, yeah. pastor, preacher. Right. And then you were they an were MK. I was an MK. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, my bad. So, okay. So, I, you can't relate to this then. So, but I, I was, <laughs> I was very um, lucky that my dad did fight against the norm yeah. and was countercultural in <laughs> yeah, that that's good. he did put his family yeah. first. And um, because I went to that camp and I was like, y'all. You're mean. I would just love to hear the kind of dissing that happened yeah. at oh. this camp. Like, well, I oh. bet your dad's a teacher. I, remember one. I bet your pre- dad's just dad's a, a kids pastor, not the lead pastor. I remember one story of a pastor's daughter. Um, I don't think it was my home church, but it was um, another church in the area. Um, and she was like six or seven or whatever, and they were playing... Um, this is like at preschool or whatever, or school, I don't know. Anyway, they're playing, and another kid did something this pastor's daughter didn't like, and she was like, you better watch out, I'll get my dad to send you to hell. There it is. (gasps) The ultimate, the ultimate diss. Wow. There it is. It's insane. Y'all know this. Heather, you know this? Y'all have, y'all, we were, I mean, this wasn't too long ago, we were just in a meeting, you know, Mm. Uh and and somebody told me that, I spend too much time with my family. And you need to do it like... Too many daddy-daughter days. Yes. Too many daddy-daughter days. Wow. As if there's a Mm. thing. As if there's too many daddy-daughter days. Mm -hmm. I think it really happens, PK kids. It's because their dad spends so much time, is so invested in the church that they have no access to him. Right. And so they, with no access to their father figure, they go... Do other stuff, yeah, and yeah. well, good. and I think there's a lot of bitterness and resentment and yeah. anger, yeah. which is why, why they, leave. they ultimately leave the church mm-hmm. because, and I'm, sh- I, you know, yeah. I definitely considered it if 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 I did not have a relationship with Christ and if I did not believe in my heart that there was something different, there was a different way to do it, then I would have certainly left the church long ago. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, ministry dads have it really hard. You women have it way easier. And there it in is. In ministry. <laughs> okay. And there's the segue into <laughs> gender uh, roles and women in leadership. Thank you for that, Jared. <laughs> Me and Ryan are just going to well, step out. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to step back. <laughs> We're going to go back. Uh, we'll go to lunch. We'll be back. And y'all take the podcast where y'all want it to go. <laughs> Uh, Well, let's go ahead and talk about that then. Women in leadership. I will say what I hate seeing is a you go to a website and you see this full-time female leader and she's doing the exact same job that if a man's picture was right there, they would be called da-da-da pastor. Mm -hmm. But you see da-da-da director. I, I I really hate seeing that. So that's that's my well, Ryan. Piece. The reason for that is is because the Bible tells us that um, women in ministry don't need to speak to men. us men. Right. They need to speak to their uh, fellow women, right. friends. Well, let's talk about and that. children. So this let's entire where is where where is that? Can can someone pull that up for me? Yeah, Pastor. That's Jared. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's in First or Second Timothy. It says it what like. It says it, what, 42 times in the Bible? It says women shouldn't be leaders of men? Oh, I haven't even 
done all that so, research, okay. Ryan. But so I, this portion I know of the, the, the podcast <laughs> will be completely sarcastic in yes, case you haven't caught on to that. Jared is going to will be pushing buttons this entire time, and and Heather that and was, I are clenching that was every part of our bodies. a completely false stat. That's it doesn't say it forty. Okay, I, was I think about, it you know only says it. Once. Okay. In the entirety of this to that specific books. church yes. because the women were. Women should be respectfully silent um, in meetings. They're not allowed to interrupt. Um, they can be in a support role, but not. Um, you can't get up and talk mm-hmm. to me, mm-hmm. Carissa and Heather. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Keep so, your thoughts to yourself. So, for anybody that doesn't understand that scripture, especially for any young woman. Um, Jared, would you like to take the context of that verse? Sure, because it was in a a day and age where um, the Apostle Paul was protecting these women more than likely Mm -hmm. because unlike today, if they would have stood up and tried to do this in their day, there would have been serious repercussions for it. Mm -hmm. Um, this, this, This scripture has a lot to do with saving their lives mm. where today is that's not the case um but the thing is if we were to go along with everything even in the new testament that women should do um right. head coverings uh, i believe there's some um talk about the way they should dress no piercings uh, no pier- it's just a lot of things and there are some now listen there there are some denominations that there are, yeah. hold mm-hmm. strictly to mm-hmm. these things okay. Um, but the, the thing is you'll be able to find inconsistencies somewhere. Right. Uh, but yes, it was, this is one of those things that's very much cultural. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very much cultural. And to that specific church. And to this, okay. yes. And it only says it one time. Right. In the entirety of the Bible. So in yeah. case anyone was wondering, mm-hmm. that is why we we don't apply that to today. Some people do. Well, yeah. That's yeah. not why the people, church. We the can people speak for in this church. room. Yes, we can but speak yeah. for life church. Yes. So, yeah, y'all go ahead. What do y'all want to say? Yeah, go ahead. Tell them. All the men are tuning out right okay, now. Okay, I'll, I'll just say this. Them, I'll just say this. And, and, and you know, this is, we're, we're joking and stuff. But I struggled with this for a long time in my walk with Christ. I knew who I was in Christ. I knew who he created me to be. I knew how he had used me. And how he wanted to continue to use me. He had given me dreams and passions and desires that did not coincide with that scripture or with some of the things that men had said to me or about me. Um, And so I was on a a serious journey with this because I knew who Jesus was. Mm -hmm. I knew who he was to me. I read the Gospels. I knew the words that he said and that they didn't. Um, mean that I was a lesser citizen. I was a lesser child because of who mm-hmm. he created me as a, as a woman. Um, there have been too many women in my life and in ministry that have changed me, that have affected me in a positive way, that if they were not allowed to be in that position of leadership, I would not have been affected in that way. There are too many For sure. women. I'm not in ministry today because of a man. Mm. I'm not a believer in Jesus today because of a man mm. that led me there to that. Go. Yeah. So. so I think knowing who Jesus is, mm-hmm. knowing that, that there are so many women with so many things to say, with perspectives that men do not have, um, with talents and gifts that men 
do not have because mm. that's how God created it to be, a mm-hmm. partnership in marriage, a partnership in ministry. Yeah. I hate it because many, many times um, there's probably a woman that is much more qualified to take mm. a position mm. and you have some... No, mm. don't do it. Okay, don't say it. All right, Heather. I mean, come on, because you've been you've been you've been told some crazy things. Some oh, real winners. Yeah. Um. Well, okay. So for people who are not in the church world, you might not know this, but it is a little controversial for a woman to hold the title of pastor. Yeah. I got on today, and I just go. I just looked at some staff. Um pages on websites of churches in our community and every single woman on those one church I found actually called a woman a pastor um, outside of our outside of us but they called everybody a pastor but yeah they called everyone a pastor so like custodial pastor yeah. janitorial <laughs> pastor um, but for the most part a woman in 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 the church world can be an administrator mm-hmm. a secretary <laughs> Um, a director of something or a coordinator of something. So for a very large portion of my ministry career, I was a nursery director, and then I became a children's ministry coordinator. Mm. And when I was finally um, ordained and given the title pastor, I actually had a woman come up to me and say, oh, so you're a pastor now. I guess that means I can be a pastor which totally disregards the fact that I have put in the time, mm. the effort, the learning. That God like, called you to do God it. God called me to do it. I mean, let's just leave the calling out of it and yeah. all of the other work that I put into yeah. becoming a pastor. Mm-hmm. And I want to ask, when you were, before you were giving the title of pastor and you were just director, um, what differences in your actual uh, duties were there? You know what, Carissa? That's a great question mm-hmm. because there weren't any. Wow. There weren't any. I'll say that from the perspective of being in maybe some of the meetings or, you know, pers- you know the perspective right. of coming up with those titles that the major- I mean, almost every time that's done just as a workaround right. for the the political part yes. of yes. the church. That is, you know, it's that's all it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just a workaround and which makes it all the which more offensive, is, I understand. Yes. yes. Yeah. It's insulting. It is. I'm to be perfectly frank. Absolutely. Um so anyways, that's my experience as being a, a woman in ministry. Also, um you get left out of decisions. Uh you get paid less. Mm. You know, lots of lots of fun things about being a woman um, in the ministry world, but I think that the the title thing is just so it's just so weird. Like, just call us a pastor. It's absolutely just semantics. Yeah, like oh, it's okay. All, it's Duties it are the same. But, but it all goes back to that scripture because that's where they're going to yes. pull it from. A exactly. lot of things oh, yeah. are. I mean, yeah. yes, and yeah. I know we're just in this realm of women in ministry, but a lot of ministry is semantics. So yeah. much semantics. Yeah. So yeah. much. Okay. Rabbit trail. Sure. Sure. Rabbit trail. Let's go. Are y'all go are y'all at peace with that? Well, I did want to just I, I I don't know where you're going with your rabbit trail, but I did want to ask Heather um, if she had what the standards. What uh, did you experience any different standards because of your gender? What do you mean? Yeah. Um, in what respect? Different standards. In in all in all of the respects. Just um, if they expect if the expectations were different for you because you're a woman. 
if I they, mean, they or, or were they less? They were expecting me to take care of the children. I was going to lean on were, less were from le- just right. the outsider looking in. Mm-hmm. It seems like mm-hmm. you would probably feel disregarded completely. Right. Yeah. So, and and that's something that I have experienced, not just in ministry, but in my life, um, in in <laughs> teaching, and all of the times that I've worked anywhere, um, that because I'm a female, I'm not expected to do much of anything. Mm-hmm. Which you know what, I thrive on. Yeah. <laughs> Love being the underdog because then I take you by surprise. Oh, Don't count me out. <laughs> I think a big thing um, for me was being left out of meetings. Mm-hmm. Um. It like my like my maybe my ministry area was not as important as other ministry areas, mm. and so therefore mm. I didn't need to be contribute to anything. Mm-hmm. And as y'all know, I really know a lot of stuff. Yeah. So outside of family ministry, yeah. Yes, I will attest to that. Were you ever left out of decisions that had to do with your ministry area? Um, yeah, sure. Sure. And yeah, like what? The, how much money you got? And <laughs> <laughs> Do not, right? All of us should have been left out of that. If we go down that. the budget, the budget, uh, it'll be a bad thing. I, uh, yeah, just get, church budgets needs to be a totally different oh episode. Gosh, y'all. Ooh, yeah, ooh, that's the good, church yeah. budget and how it's been prioritized mm-hmm. and what people give. You know the okay. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we should go down that rabbit trail now. <laughs> Just give us it's a completely. It was the semantics, okay, and yeah. how much of like when I went to a Christian university, so much of the quote unquote spiritual growth that those students were doing, the Bible scholar students, it was just semantics, man. Mm-hmm. Like I remember, I remember um, one guy thought he was just the stuff. He said, he was like, you know, we don't do uh, good works because of what Christ did. Because of what Christ did, we do good works. That's a, that's a. <laughs> Insert eye roll here. That's a go-to for just. I'm like, it's just Anytime semantics. you don't know what yeah. to say. Yeah. So much <laughs> right. of the, yeah. so much of the spiritual growth, spiritual yeah. hoity-toityness is just. It's semantics. Well, yeah, and then get into the semantics of like how we say things are from God, mm, you right. know, that we decided beforehand, and then, then we need to go out and see. What is your eschatology? What? The way you think about Christ. Oh. Couldn't just say that. <laughs> you couldn't just say words. No, not if you're really close no. to Jesus. You can't just say words that mean things. All right, so what's the takeaway from day? Heather, I'll start with you. Um, okay, so I think the takeaway is that for ourselves as church leaders to just do better and to try to recognize when we are falling into unhealthy behaviors with um, perhaps people we're leading, um, whether that be volunteers or other um, leaders in the church. So to just do better. Um, I think to to remember that we are all imperfect human beings. Mm, so good. congregation members know that your pastor's not perfect. Don't expect him to be perfect. Pastors know that you should not try to be perfect. You should not try to have that appearance. You shouldn't yeah, pretend. Try. Yeah. Know that um, you are not perfect and God doesn't want you to try to be perfect. Mm, that's good. Yeah, that's what I would say too is just speaking to church leaders in general is don't give in to the the way that it's been done, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. like, let's just do, let's just do better. Yeah. Our churches will be better. Uh, 
the, the people that attend our churches will be better. Will mm-hmm. be better. We, we'll actually enjoy what we do. Yes, and we'll yeah. stay with it longer. Yes, mm-hmm. we'll be consistent. We'll be the same people on the platform and off the platform, mm-hmm. and that that'll be okay because you know people will be more gracious. Yeah. We'll be more gracious with ourselves. Yeah, we'll right. see more lives changed. Yeah. We'll see mm-hmm. the gospel Absolutely. go further. Yeah. Who wants to join a, a perfectionism culture? Yeah, Nobody yeah. wants to because yeah. they know that's unattainable. Right. Mm. So let's mm. move away from that. A lot of yeah. people left the church because of that. Because yes. that's what church was. Um, my takeaway, I would say to the church leader, fight for your family. Mm. Uh, yes. To the congregation. Amen and amen. Remember, be an advocate for your pastor yes. and your leader's families. Yes. yes. Um, don't cheat on your family <laughs> with the ministry. D- Ooh. Don't cheat, so don't cheat on, on your family with the ministry. But, and and congregation members know that your pastor needs you to be on yeah. his side Absolutely. or her side. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. That burn. <laughs> <laughs> so let's end on a positive. What gives you hope for about church leadership? Jared. Okay. Um, what gives me hope about church leadership is um, what I love about it. So that's what's always before me is like I really do love seeing people's lives being changed. The fact that I could have a part in that, I could say something that could be the catalyst for somebody experiencing so much transformation. I mean, I just know the difference Jesus has made in my life. Um, I know that what I do now, you could have never seen me doing pre-Jesus because I was not this person. I didn't have the confidence. I didn't have the, you know, I didn't have any of that. Mm. Um, Jesus made the difference, and I like seeing him make the difference in people. So that's like the spiritual thing. I got to say another thing that gives me hope is the people around this table. So I know this is October, and it's Pastor Appreciation Month which I look at all of y'all as, as this. We're all shepherds in this room. And so the fact that we probably won't get anything in the actual church because <laughs> our people don't even know it's Pastor Appreciation <laughs> Month and maybe we don't even want them to, but uh, the, doing this with y'all is the best thing. Aww. So it's, it really is. It's, if, if I would have known that I was going to be able to do this with y'all in the beginning, I I will have. I probably would go back and endure all the things I did mm. to know it would come out on this side. So. Oh my gosh. Well. Well, how do you leave let's with? Let's end that? there, what y'all. Do <laughs> what do we do with that? I'm being honest, it's not just awesome. with the microphones on, mm. and Crystal, I know y'all don't hear this from me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> what gives you hope, Chris? Yeah. So, um, I, I like Jared. Uh, the thing that I love about ministry, and the reason that I'm still in ministry, even though I've been hurt by church leaders so often. Um, is because there is nothing like, nothing like leading people in corporate worship and seeing them experience the mm-hmm. presence of God. I agree. There is absolutely nothing like it. Um, Samezies. That <laughs> profound. <laughs> that perspective of being in front <clears throat> of an entire group of people mm-hmm. um, and watching them. Yeah. I love it when you can see them get it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Watching them yeah. have mm-hmm. that moment of, realization of who yeah. Jesus is for them um, is incredible. And there's nothing mm-hmm. like it. And then, you know, going against also what Jared's saying, since coming here, this church has been an answer prayer for me and Ryan. Um, you know, I said earlier that I knew that there was something more and that ministry could be done differently. Um, and I feel like 
we're a little bit closer to that here at Life Church. Obviously, we're not perfect. Yeah, we're just trying to figure. We're out. a little biased, <laughs> but we are um, committed to it, though. Yeah. I feel like all of yeah. us collectively, yeah. absolutely, yes. we're committed constantly, to figuring that out. Yeah, mm-hmm. just constantly looking at what we're doing and why we're doing it. Yeah, and um, having a, a leader like Jared, who is so humble and puts his family first, um, and doesn't get stuck in tradition and and politics. That's that's what I've been wanting and knowing that that was out there somewhere. Um, and so we found mm-hmm. it. <laughs> Jared, keep it together. <laughs> <laughs> Heather, what gives you hope? Um, well, for me, kind of going with the same idea, what my favorite part of um, being in ministry, being a church leader, is that I get my job is... I get to watch children discover their heavenly father. Mm. Like that's what I get paid to Mm. do. That's good. Um, And it's amazing that God has allowed me to be a part of people's journey. And so for me, that's, that's what gives me hope for the future. And, um, and just this being here in this room, in this atmosphere where um, everybody is just, we're just reaching towards more, more for mm-hmm. people, more mm-hmm. Jesus for people, more relationship for people. Mm. Um, and getting to do it with y'all is not so bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. Uh, it's been a good uh, conversation today. It's been a tough one, yeah. definitely tough. Um, I know that we've given you a lot of, uh, that we've definitely leaned into the dark side, mm-hmm. uh, but don't hear us say that there's not hope because there's always hope, mm-hmm. um, especially when it's for Jesus. Mm -hmm. This is the part of the show where we give you our tops and our snots. Again, if you have to ask, you won't get it. Heather, what is your top? Okay, so my top is really good hamburgers. Not McDonald's, y'all, but like restaurant quality hamburgers. Mm. Yes. Um, It's kind of a running joke in my family that whenever we go out to eat, I'm going to order a hamburger. Mm. And they kind of make fun of me if we go to a a very nice restaurant that the only reason I order steak is because there's not a hamburger on the menu, (laughs) which could possibly be true. But yes, a really good quality um, restaurant quality hamburger mm-hmm. is my jam. What's the best mm-hmm. bun? Who's got the best bun? I was about to say, where, where, um, where do we find this? Where do we find this best burger? You know, at? who's got a really good burger is Chili's. They have one and it's got mm. like jalapenos and yes. picket a gallo and all kinds of spicy stuff on it. Mm. Delicious. Mm. Chili's. Okay, okay. Mm. Five Guys is a personal favorite. Five Guys is delicious. Yeah. We just discovered Woody's. Roadhouse, oh, yeah. they had house? really good burgers. Mm. Which mm. one did y'all go to? The one on the beach or the you one know, Ocean, Ocean Springs? Springs. Ocean Springs. That's mm. the better one. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what about your snot? Okay, so my snot is masks, but not in the political. I don't want to watch wear it, watch it, watch it. None of that. <laughs> Triggered. It's just that it is so completely difficult mm. to communicate with people with fabric covering your face. Yes. No one can hear you. You can't hear them. It's horrible. And it is awful. I just wish we could figure out a way to actually hear people while wearing our masks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As someone who relies heavily on the, what your mouth is doing yeah, to be able to understand you. Realize you how, how much you yeah. rely on that. Yeah. You're yeah. not really listening to people as much as you're reading their lips. Reading yeah. their lips. Mm-hmm. It's hard. I get so that. It is. Yeah. I hate it. I get that. Mm. Jared. 
Okay, <clears throat> tops for today and really any day of the you know the year is Christmas, and I'm so so happy that Christmas came to the rushing house in October Already. this year, the earliest it's ever come, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I'm proud of that for anybody in twenty for anybody <laughs> and for us. Just leave your just leave your tree up this year. I have thought of, I have honest to God thought about mm. that, like maybe change the decorations on it, but yes, because it's. It just brings so much joy. And in 2020, don't come at me mm. for for me going after some joy a little early. If ever there was a time. Now more than ever. There it is. <laughs> so I'm just so happy about that. Lindsay, it was actually our 10th anniversary gift mm. to me. That's so so that's how much. And she even wrote me a couple days later. And she was like, I know that I make fun of you a lot for how much you love Christmas, but I really love how much you love it. Aww. And so, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm here for everyone out there who needs permission mm-hmm. to do this. You do it. And if anybody says Get anything, send them to me. <laughs> um, so that's my tops, my snots in keeping, <laughs> keeping in the vein of church mm. leadership and how, dark and twisty it can become um there was something that happened this this past yeah. week that was pretty was it here in mississippi or was it dark. well i think it's was louisiana, it pearl river, louisiana pearl river okay. yes that's right um so there were the the way the article puts it is the lights were on a little too late at the catholic church this, this catholic mm. i'll leave the name out the lights were on a little too late, and so a passerby uh, went up to the t- semi-tinted windows to gaze in, and he saw something extremely vulgar. Parents, please go ahead and I'll give you a couple seconds to turn this off if you need to because it might not be appropriate. But he just looked in there, and he saw some nasty stuff happening on the mm. altar of the church desecrating yeah on the altar of the church with this priest and two other women and there were things there was things happening like Mm. paraphernalia and cameras set up multiple cameras that were set up dear god and so the passerby saw that and calls the cops in Mm. you know and i don't know what's happened since i imagine he's not a priest I would hope so. Anymore. Hope. Was it con- is a consensual encounter? Yeah, I feel like okay. this was a, you know, this yes. was a performance well, maybe. There were things happening. It was being recorded, multiple angles. There were so, people, uh, the women were hired, I believe. Hired or, uh, or I don't know what the deal is. Huh. Carissa, I would love to know more about this. <laughs> wow. But um, <laughs> it's just, so there's that. But then my favorite part of it all is come to find out that the archbishop goes in, takes the altar out of the church, and burns it. Nice. And presents the church a new altar, because that's how we do things. We're just going to go ahead. That's how we do things. Like, get that nasty altar up Mm. out of here, because we ain't using that thing no Mm. more. Mm. So it's just, uh, that's my snots. I really didn't like to see that it happened. Yeah. It's not honorable at all, of course. I guess, that mm. goes without saying, but um, but part of it was it was I don't know what I feel about it. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Mm. I'm not trying to say it was entertaining because I don't think that's right either. Yeah, um, it's horrible and deplorable. Yeah. 
but that just goes to show you, you know, that pastors Ooh. are not always who you think mm. they are, yeah. or priests are not always who they yeah, you think uh, they are. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So do with it what you will. That's my well, snot. Let's move on from that, please. <laughs> Hurry as <laughs> fast as we can. <laughs> Top, please. So my top is um, something that you uh, got for us. Um, (laughs) So shout out to you. Um, It's called The Adventure Challenge. It's a book, um, and it's so fun, guys. So um, there's different types of books. You can get one for a couple. You can get one for friends, family. Mm -hmm. Um, We have the couple one. And it's uh, there's all these uh, spots in the book where you scratch them off. And it gives you your date for that day or evening. And so it's always a surprise. And you go do what it's told you to do. Take pictures of it. Um, And it's just really fun. It's it's totally just we've done one so far. Um, We just got it last weekend. And it was such, for the first time in a long time, I felt like we were dating again. Just Mm -hmm. like back when we were first, first, we had first met. It was just exciting and got the warm fuzzies. And it was just about, um, you know, just me and him reconnecting and finding new places. And I'm so thankful. Shout out to our amazing babysitter, Heather, who took (laughs) who took. I was about to say, did the book come with the money for the child care (laughs) too? No, No. that would be amazing. No, No, we we had to get a lot of money to, or spend a lot of money to get the film and the batteries yeah. for this oh my lord camera. Yeah. But the whole operation it's totally worth it it was worth it was totally worth it did they um, have an addition for families with five yeah. children or more I don't know they five children family. they have a family one though okay someone did comment on our post and say that their kids love the family yeah we're <gasps> definitely really? going to get one once Joe yeah. oh, is old goodness. enough to participate so but it really is. You feel like you're going on an adventure with your it's so fun, and they have all. I mean, the book is huge, and they have all different types of categories, like mm-hmm. night ones, and they tell you what you need before you scratch it off. So whatever you have planned, or whatever time you can carve out, you can get the exact one oh, that you. So you don't really you know what you're doing until. No, no, all you know is like they have like a they have different yeah. categories right. and they have titles, and you know what you need, need but you don't really it. know what's happening. Right. Wow. It's super fun. Hmm. Very mm-hmm. exciting. So I would recommend it for anybody. Really. Ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. Wow. So my my snot um, <laughs> this week <laughs> is I'm just gonna just read it. What I have uh, it's unsolicited parenting advice, specifically from strangers and or people who are not parents. Oh come on, you <laughs> don't love that. Favorite. Okay. So and and I will say majority of the unsolicited advice that I've gotten for my child and for what I'm doing with him is from strangers and people who are not parents because I think parents get it. <laughs> They're like, "Hey, you do you, boo. You're doing the best you can. I've been so there. True. Get that, that. I know you don't need to hear it from me oh, unless you ask that is me." So true. Um, and so it's always from people that I don't know and who doesn't don't know me or my child and why they do the thing we do the things that we do um, or from young people who don't have children yeah. but maybe know think they know some stuff. So they want to share now, some stuff. I never gave advice to new parents, but I remember before I was a parent, before I was even married, looking at parents and be like, I would never do that mm. with my kid. Oh, yeah, I'll sure. never yeah. do for that. Sure. In there. Yeah, we did. It's a full and circle. And I'm straight up doing it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All yep. the things. It's a I'm full like, circle. dang, man, I was a jerk, which I'm glad <laughs> I never said anything. But for sure. 
Yeah. I definitely thought it. God keeps up with that. So if you're out there and you haven't started making these statements, don't because Mm -hmm. you will, you will, God will give you what you say (laughs) you won't be a part of. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right. So my top, there's this video (laughs) sticking in the vein with church leadership. There's this video of this pastor going off on his church. Um, you we'll we'll link the link to the video because you need to see this. The things that he says, <laughs> it's just it's incredible. This is a man who has been harboring some oh, anger yes, and fr- frustration for a definitely. long time. It's all coming out, and as a, I mean, it's awful that he's doing this. But as a church leader, it's like I get it. <laughs> I get that. I see you. <laughs> I get I see you. I, oh, yeah, yeah, it's incredible. And you'll uh, want to watch it a bunch. Oh, yeah. It doesn't yes. get old it's, at all. It's, it's not so a one-timer. <laughs> it is so quotable. It oh, yeah. works itself into daily conversation here at the office. <laughs> Absolutely. Don't quit me. Don't quit me, church. <laughs> Making a thing in the video room. <laughs> Just a little taste. Just a little Do taste. Do yourself for you a favor and watch this video. Yes, please. Uh, and last but not least, my snot to end off the video um, is ads that promise the secret to making millions, and then they never get to it. This is a th- actually this is this is a very common thing. They'll be like, watch this video for the three secrets to. Yep. I don't getting in shape, losing uh-huh. weight, making millions, duh, any you name it, building a business. Yeah. And you watch the video, they never say anything. Mm-hmm. Never. So how many of these videos have you watched, babe? Well, only like two <laughs> okay. for the m- making millions, but I mean, when an ad comes on and it's like, I mean, I cut it off now cuz I know what it is, that? but you know, you just step one, common you sense really advice. Me. Step two, common sense <laughs> advice. Step three, you'll have to click this button right. and give oh, us yeah, your email and yes. all your personal information. Oh, right. to and your get credit the, card info. Right. To get the life-changing Have you principle. given your, our personal information Absolutely to anybody? Not. Okay, great. Absolutely not. <laughs> just checking. Ryan's email is flooded daily. With, <laughs> <laughs> you're one step away. You, Siri is listening right now, and there's going to be several ads how to make millions yes. on YouTube and just momentarily. Oh yeah, for sure. That's anyway. why there's so many chicken ads on all <laughs> my stuff. Cause she's wow. listening. Well, it has been a long day, but it's been a good day. Yeah. We've really enjoyed having y'all here at the not allowed table. If you have any comments, questions, concerns, keep them to yourself. <laughs> <I'm just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> you could email me at ryan at finelife.church. Or you can go on our Facebook page and send us a Facebook message to Life Church in Gulfport. Thank you so much for watching. Watching. Listening. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see ya. The Not Allowed Podcast is a production of Life Church in Gulfport, Mississippi. For more information about Life Church, you can find us at findlife.church. That's F-I-N-D-L-I-F-E dot C-H-U-R-C-H. We'll see you.